Hi, my beautiful people. This is Spill With Me, Jenny D. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so excited. I've been wanting to do this for so long. I'm giving you a real big hug right now. I don't know if you can feel it, but I'm giving you this big hug because I feel like everybody needs a hug or a, hey, you're doing great or you look nice or just compliment each other. I mean, see, I felt like I needed to start this because I've been running into so many people that just want to talk about their life experiences, the relationships or like any story they needed to share. This could be something magical or something they wanted to share, but they're afraid of what others would think, me included. Or if you're hurting inside or have a funny story about life lessons you'd like to talk about, I would love for you to reach out. This could be the worst or your best times. Listen, I have some good topics. We're going to have a lot of fun because I believe the best medicine is to talk about it because someone else is dealing with the same shit. Hi, my beautiful people. It's another episode of Spill With Me, Jenny D. And I met these two Marines at the Magic of the Season event for Peter's Chamber. And I just kept looking at them because they were dressed in all their, what do you call it, guys? Your Dress uniforms. Dress uniforms. They're called uniforms? Okay. So I really was eager to talk to them, but I didn't want to go up to them. I think a lot of us feel that we we don't want to approach you, we don't want to bother you. But today we're going to talk about their journey, what they're doing now, some opportunities they have. So, Jim, would you like to start out? Yes, thank you, Jennifer, for having us. Uh, Jim Kokosinski here. I'm a lieutenant colonel in the uh, Marine Corps Reserves now. I actually grew up down in uh, Orlando, Florida, a small town, uh, Winter Park. Initially was going to go to the Coast Guard Academy. Had my heart set there, applied, and uh, got waitlisted. I got deferred to go to the uh, prep school, and then uh, a few days later, uh, I'd heard from a school in New Orleans called Tulane, so and bring your scholarship here and we'll pay for your room aboard and kind of scratch my head. You know, Jim, what's let me going ask on? you, what do you mean waitlisted? So I wasn't accepted at Coast Guard Academy, but they have a what they call a prep school where you go a year before. Okay. So right after high school, go to prep school. All the academies have that. I so, didn't realize that. Which is a wonderful program. I've had a few friends go through it. It's nice. Maybe your SAT score, like in my case, wasn't as high as right. was required. So they put you through for a year. It's almost like a red shirt year, if you will, for the academies. And they get you familiar with the academics, the physical regiment and everything. And in that way, when you the following year, very likely to be accepted if you successfully complete that year. Uh, It's a great avenue if you aren't accepted to any of the academies. Oftentimes, if you're a highly qualified candidate, just the competition or the peer group that year were very competitive, you can do the prep school for a year. I think my pride got in the way. I said, oh, I'm not doing this. You know, I did get accepted. (laughs) But on the application, the same application for the academies, there's ROTC. And I had selected Navy ROTC Marine Option, uh, thankfully, on that same application. So little did I know when I got waitlisted, you know, I thought, oh, geez, what a terrible day. At the same time, I hadn't received word yet, but I had received the Navy ROTC scholarship, which covers tuition, labs, books, fees, everything but room and board. And in the early 90s, uh, when I got my scholarship, room and board, it probably sounds like a deal today, but it was still about ten grand, yeah. and I, I didn't have that money. Right. Uh, and so a lot of the schools at that time 
especially like Tulane, Vanderbilt, kids weren't going there because they still had to come up the room and board. So fortunately that year, Tulane offered to cover the room and board. Tulane, hon, what is that? Tulane University. Okay. Uh, they won the Cotton Bowl ah, uh, nice. this year. Uh, <laughs> so it's a football school now, too. But uh, it's in New Orleans, a uh, wonderful school. And so I uh, went there, uh, did four years, studied economics, and upon completion of uh, a bachelor's degree, which is required to become an officer, you're commissioned into the Marine Corps. Um, each summer with your ROTC scholarship, whether it's Army, Navy, uh, Marine Option, Air Force, you, in addition to college, your summer, you'd attend training. So for me, which was great about Navy ROTC, a lot of people don't realize, but the Marine Corps is the Department of the Navy. Right. So we are part of the Navy. So my first two years I there, that, to be honest. a lot of people don't. Uh, we <laughs> joke, the, us and the Marines, and if there's any sailors out there, they'll chuckle, but we often <laughs> say it's the uh, the men's department of the Navy. Uh, so they have a lot of fun with that. Uh, but it was, it was My brother wonderful. was in the Navy. Yeah, so tell them that joke. They were talking <laughs> to some Marines. They said they were part of the uh, men's department of the Navy. He was stationed mm-hmm. in Italy, but... Siganella, probably. That's, Beautiful. That's, I know. That's so the, the ROTC scholarship's a great opportunity. Jim, let me go back a little bit. So what made you want to go into the forces? So I was 17 at the time, young. You know, I'd, I'd seen the commercials. The Marine Corps does a great job. The one slain the dragon, sir? Uh, <laughs> Actually, it was the old school one. You know, we don't promise you a rose garden. I did have a uh, high school friend that I grew up. Her dad was a uh, retired Marine. Okay. There was just always something about him that stood out. And then also uh, in the 80s with President Reagan, always seemed like on the news or yes. on TV, he was always flying into the White House. They always had a picture of him, the helicopter, the Marines fly the presidential helicopter, HMX-1, they call it. Yeah. And it was always a Marine uh, with President Reagan walking on and off the helicopter, and he would salute the Marine always, and still does today, if you, if you ever watch uh, the helicopter at the White House or Camp David, the Marines uh, fly, but they always look so sharp, and that just always stood with me for yes. some, again, I was 17. You I said, I want to be that guy. And I, they did, you know, <laughs> and you know, the, the slogan, a few good men and women today, of yeah. course, but just, I think that challenge, uh, the mystique, and if I was going to do the military, I said, you know, I want to do it right. Uh, I was actually born on uh, Clark Air Base in the Philippines. Oh, wow. My dad was in the Air Force. Okay, so your dad so, came from a military my, my dad, you know, my grandfather, like many, uh, World War II, okay. um, had served, but, you know, not a long lineage of Marines or anything. I just said, well, I, you know, the military interested me, but I, I really felt if I was going to do it, I, there was something special about the Marines. Right. And then, like I said, it was the best of both worlds, because the Navy ROTC, like my freshman summer, I was on a submarine, a ship, uh, we did aviation, P3s, uh, planes, and then the next summer uh, went and uh, we sailed the Gulf of Mexico, learned how to sail. Okay, so you learned how to So you, I learned like the Navy side. Okay. It, it was an orientation, orientation to what the Navy had to offer. Okay. And then your junior summer as a Marine option, you go to Officer Candidate School, which is our boot camp, uh, like Paris Island or San Diego for the enlisted Marines right. uh, in Quantico, Virginia. And then you have to graduate that, and then you go back, finish your senior year, and then you become a commissioned officer, Okay, uh, which I did, wow. which was great. So how many years were you in? So I did, uh, I've done eight total years active, okay. and then 20 years in the reserves. Um, I actually retired June this year. I'll have uh, 28 years, and it's gone by... Uh, 
looking back on it, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. And, but, are, you know, you feel that this was your mission. I, it's been better than I anticipated. I, I really didn't know what I was signing up for, to be honest. You know, I don't think a lot of 17, 18-year-olds, you kind of, when you hear Staff Sergeant's story, probably similar, but I knew I wanted to be something part of something special. Like I said, I grew up in Orlando. It was a wonderful place to grow up. Not a lot of people understandably leave Orlando. You know, they stayed. Right. And, and for me, I just, I knew there was a whole world out there. And especially when I got to Tulane and I met kids from all over, really all over the world, kind of opened my eyes. And in the military. Where's Tulane located? Huh? In New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans, okay. Louisiana. No. New Orleans? Uh, New Orleans. Or is it Nor- yeah. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. I never <laughs> say it right but you know and it was true you know I was in I was in California you know I was out on ship Guantanamo Bay Cuba wow. Afghanistan so you've seen a lot of you know we've been all over and then you know I met my wife on recruiting duty actually down in Fort Lauderdale nice. which was wonderful and I initially was going to get out and join law enforcement FBI or DEA and my wife much smarter than I you know said you know there's a whole business world out there and on recruiting duty at the time uh, I had all of South Florida of Puerto Rico and Virgin Islands territory and she's like you know you're like a she's a pharmaceutical rep she said you know you're like a district manager yeah the level of responsibility for Marines you know there's that saying fish don't know they're swimming in water Mm. you know oftentimes you know we're like hey we're just doing my job you know if you look at a young Marine in Afghanistan oftentimes they were police chiefs or mayors of their little areas the amount of responsibility handed to uh, 18 19 20 20-year-old young man, young woman, it's really incredible, and you don't really realize what a great opportunity that was. So when I was getting off active duty, I started interviewing with companies, and I was amazed. Again, I, I didn't realize how many companies out there were looking for the skills that the Marine Corps, the military in general, offered. Right. So I had interviewed with IBM, GE, Goldman Sachs, a lot of big companies. So what skills do you have that... Uh, you know, really the intangibles. Yeah, I was an econ major, undergrad, yes. so it wasn't like I w- they were looking. Yeah, IBM was looking for an, an economist, um, but really what they're looking for, I think, are the intangibles that we we bring. Your discipline, um, your hard I think work. the maturity, uh, leadership, right. perspective. Uh, you know, I'll never forget. I ultimately uh, joined. My wife's from New York, so I joined IBM in Poughkeepsie, uh, Hudson Valley, New York, and you know, I went there, and I'll never forget the first day I showed up. You know, a big big site Poughkeepsie where they make the mainframes the supercomputers and uh, checked in my boss was in a meeting and I got to my cubicle and it was a mess the the, the person I'd left before or whatever just had stuff you guys so I was in a a suit which is another funny story but I showed up you know I checked my first day check in I'm wearing a suit everybody's wearing like slacks and maybe a polo shirt that's about it I'm in a suit thinking this is IBM I gotta wear a suit and so I went to the bathroom, got some paper towels, you know, wet them and everything, and I started cleaning my cubicle. My boss comes over like 45 minutes later, and he's like, what in the heck are you doing? I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, cleaning, I'm, cleaning, the, I'm cleaning the field. You know, this you know, this you thing's do. a mess. Right. And he's like, this is unbelievable, Jim. And it was so foreign to him, who hadn't been in the military or anything before, but I think for Marines, just those type of intangibles. And, and I'll never forget that day, he's like, you know, this isn't why we hired you. You know, obviously to clean cubicles, it was more. This is the type of character, or yes. you know, 
perspective right. that we're looking for. Because a lot of times, you know, you join IBM or a big company, oh, I, I want to make a lot of money and I want to do this and right. I want, you know, Fridays off. You or, want structure, you want cleanness, and you want to have everything you know, was, aligned. Is that how you guys... I, I, I think that's certainly set there. But also I think just some uh, pride, whether you've got a little, you know, cubicle. bunk bed or it's a oh, cubicle yeah, right. or a little ship space or, you know, you just always you you take pride right. in taking care of your, your area. And I think a lot of companies, you know, for us as Marines, it's common. But I think in the general population, those type of, um, I don't want to say skills, but perspectives mm-hmm. are uncommon. Right. And I think a lot of employers out there, I think that's why vets do differentiate themselves. Not necessarily because, unless they're going law enforcement with um, you know weapons or handling and stuff, but I think just the, the intangibles that aren't as common and you don't really... Are, you're not necessarily taught those in college. You know, even if you go to a great school or a trade school, you know, showing up early, yes. ready to go. The, the, you know, the discipline and everything is not nearly going to college compared to what you guys are. That, and then one other thing I would add, Jennifer, is the really diversity of, of thought and and people. A lot of times people think, oh, the, the military, especially the Marines, it must be easy, especially if you've got rank on your collar or on your sleeve. You know, you just tell someone what to do. It's the Marine Corps. You know, you just order them. And to, to an extent, you know, in some situations, absolutely. You're on ship. Right. You're in Afghanistan. Hey, private, you know, clean the head. You know, that, that's easy to do. But I think, you know, what really served me well, and we it was a three-year tour. We jokingly say in recruiting duty, it's 36 one-month tours because mm-hmm. you got to make mission every month. But it's very... I don't know what that means. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, down like in Pittsburgh... Can you break it down for me? Well, you, you know, we need 100 Marines in the Pittsburgh area to join the Marine Corps. 100 young men and women. Okay. Roughly. Say 50. Keep it simple. It's 50 kids to join. I can't just tell Staff Sergeant, all right, go out and get 50 kids to join the Marine Corps and go to Paris Island, you know, next week. Right. Um, um, and I didn't realize that. Like I said, I was in Fort Lauderdale. And not only do you have to find young men and women that want to join, but are qualified to join. You know, right. a lot of people, even more so today, still think, unfortunately, the mindset, worst case, I'll just join the military. And if anything, that's really further from the truth because 70%, actually, I think it's like 72%, 17 to 24-year-old men and women in the United States are not qualified join the Marine Corps. Yes, we'll get into that. You know what? I don't mean to interrupt you, but I would like to hear... Staff Sergeant. Oh, no, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So we'll go you're, no, no, you're on the hot spot now. <laughs> so that's how, that's how I joined, you know, kind yes. of what I did. And, I you know, it. I would just end that, you know, I did transition IBM, but I stayed in the reserves. Okay. And to me, that's another benefit of the military is I've had a great career uh, on the civilian side. Right. As well as, you know, I've got a 15-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old son. I've been able to spend time with them right. while also still being a, uh, a Marine in the reserves. Right. And, you know, at times it's not just one week in a month, two weeks right. a you year. Right, spend time with your kids. But I've had two careers, really, and that's the beauty of the reserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, I retire in it's June. Flexible. Yes. It's great. Yes. I love it. So, Staff Sergeant, let's hear Staff yours. Staff Sergeant. All right. Good morning, Pittsburgh, and thank you for having <laughs> us on. Uh, my name's Tariq Derby. I'm the uh, recruiter, Staff, Staff Sergeant Marines, and I'm the recruiter for the Pittsburgh area, encompassing Pleasant, Pleasant Hills all the way on up to 
West Mifflin. Nice. Um, South Hills. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good old South Hills. I'm always so in where, there. So where are you from? So my original story is I'm from uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, right across the state. Okay. But my family, they're all from Trinidad and Tobago down in the, the Caribbean. So we came up here in the 80s, uh, pretty much put our roots down in Philadelphia. Were you born? That's true. <laughs> I wasn't born in, on the island, uh, but I am first generation from my family. Uh, but I'm thinking yeah. the 80s. I'm thinking he's like... <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> born 1990. Uh, <laughs> so let's see. So Grew up in Frankfurt, Frankfurt, uh, neighborhood of Philadelphia, kind of on the lower northeast side. Not too rough, but uh, it was an interesting area. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm sure you saw it all. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Childhood was pretty pretty standard. Uh, played a lot of video games. That was my background. Right. Uh, sports. It was track and field. I liked the run. Uh, so that was where I gravitated toward. And then after... After my childhood, I went toward uh, cooking. I found a love for cooking. Really? In, in, in high school, we had a really great uh, cooking program there, and I just found myself in that kitchen all the time. No way. Uh, you know, also, low-key, I like to eat a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're fit, so, so you guys can eat as much oh, yeah. as you want. you got to feed the beast. <laughs> so I found myself in there, and I said, you know, let me let me take this where I can take it. And uh, that led to the restaurant school at Walnut Hill, also in Philadelphia. Okay. Great school. Uh, learned how to, like, formally cook. Uh, and how to operate in the kitchen, and then uh, from did that for two years, got my associate's degree, and then it was off to the races into the actual workforce itself. Worked in restaurants, both fine dining and standard. I've worked in uh, like in the, in the healthcare, like so working more so in like nursing homes, so more so institutional cooking. Wow. So I've seen both sides of the house. Never did catering, but I've seen uh, those two other aspects of but it. But you loved it. Oh, I enjoyed it at the time, mm-hmm. but uh, it wasn't it wasn't enough. As you can see, I'm a marine now. Been been one for ten years, and so that'll I guess that'll segue into yeah, how I, I became a marine. Right, uh, and I'll say. I said my reasons for joining were very much the intangibles, as uh, the lieutenant colonel was mentioning earlier. I just didn't feel like the, the, the at some point. I felt like I wasn't in the right spot. There was like some kind of like a, something, was something in the back of my mind was telling me that you know like I'm not exactly satisfied with where I'm at right now, and. So it took some time to think about it, and I, and I realized it all came back to like my very first kitchen I worked in. It was um, and I'm trying to go off on a segue. The kitchen is actually based off the military. The French developed the, the kitchen system the way it's set up, and they call it the kitchen brigade. Oh, so like, when you're working in an actual restaurant, like there's stations that you're working at, similar right. to how like in a squad of Marines, every every squad member right. has a role. So that's how the kitchen is framed, I and like it's, that. it's I very structured, very disciplined. The chef is like your your staff sergeant, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and guiding the efforts of his squad. So looking at that and that very first kitchen I came from, uh, I realized I liked the camaraderie from it. I worked with a lot of great dudes who just were all different back backstories, different, <laughs> yes. different personalities, very interesting personalities. Characters. Oh, yeah, just characters, <laughs> just like the Marine Corps. <laughs> and I found that like, I liked that. I liked that sense of belonging, of being with like uh, a crew that I could rely on who, I could just you know spend time with both at work and off work, and it'll still be fun no matter oh, which setting yeah. it was. The atmosphere, yeah. The atmosphere was very much driving factor, and I was just like, and I was like, so I need to find something similar to that. Mm-hmm. And so how the military came into it is my family is very military. Mom was in the army, my no aunt's way. air force, my uncle's a marine and army reserve. Huh. He did both because wow. you know, he's a marine's go getter. <laughs> wow. Um, and so me growing up, like I always had like this fascination with the military. Like even from a young age, like twelve, I want to say is when I first like really started looking at it. And I was just like, man, like military is awesome, planes and tanks and bombs, very much the boyish aspect, yeah. seeing stuff explode. <laughs> and you know, uh, 
I found that commercial too yes. <laughs> with the slaying the dragon <laughs> um, and so I just were like man this seems like something that has a lot of purpose and meaning behind it something bigger than myself uh, and I was like you know what it, the Marine Corps the Marine Corps in particular brings in a lot of dudes from all over and, and dudettes yeah. and it really binds them together and uh, really emphasizes that uh, that pride of belonging and the, that brotherhood, that sisterhood. And I was like, you know, I think this is the organization that I more so would feel most comfortable with. And so just like one Saturday morning, I walk into the recruiter's office. Did that, did those guys are solid. Yes, you <laughs> did. Knowing, knowing the truth about my side now, <laughs> walk in a, morning, a Saturday morning, beginning of the month, and was like, hey, I want to be a Marine. Like, no hesitation. So anybody can just walk into the and just say, I want to be a Marine. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you can come straight down to the office. It's encouraged. Is it good? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't always happen like that. But well, what did you have to do to, to get into it? You had to just... Uh, so you sit down with the recruiter, and they essentially break it down for you, what the Marine Corps has to offer, what it's about, uh, give you a, pretty much a snapshot, summary of it. It's really not about the Marine Corps or the recruiter. It's, it's about you, the applicant sitting in front of us. Uh, we try to un- understand you and where you're coming from and really get a sense of like what you want, like why you're in front of us, like why you agreed to come sit down with us or right. came in of your own volition and basically show you how the Marine Corps can get, what you, can get you what you're looking for. Okay. And there's even the cases where some recruits are like, hey, I, th- I think you should talk to this other branch. I think that they're yes. more so what you're looking for. Like, oh, okay. Uh, that's I think nice. that's a that's a, a very <laughs> transparent and honest way of going about recruiting is is honestly directing you know these individuals who are looking for something in the direction that they they need to be, versus just saying like, hey, Marine Corps, come Marine Corps, I need you. Right. Uh, it's not a, it's not about me. It's it's all about whoever's sitting in front of me. So after you uh, signed up, where did you have to go from there? So let's see. I signed up and. My my job was is my main job in the Marine Corps because as a recruiter, it's a special duty assignment. So it's an additional job on the side that we uh, that we can uh, volunteer for or be selected for. Uh, so my main job is a, a paralegal in the Marine Corps, legal service specialist. So I went to Newport, Rhode Island uh, to Naval Justice School there. Uh, the Navy also sends their their legal men there as well for training and their um, their, their judge advocates, the lawyers of the, of the military. Oh of the yeah, Navy explain that Corps. to me a little bit. So you are the person who. Courts, everything or You're paralegal, paralegal, essentially, and we have very various bills within the the uh, paralegal realm. So you can become a court reporter. You can work in in prosecution, in defense, civil law. If you go on a deployment, you could potentially uh, work in, in international law as well, working with our SJAs, our staff judge advocate offices. Okay. Uh, so there's a, a variety of, of places, positions you can land within the legal service specialist field. Wow. I didn't even know that was there. Like, Indeed. there must be a lot of different jobs you can do. Oh yes, there's uh, 300 different uh, MOSs, military occupational specialties, aka jobs in the Marine Corps. So there's a little bit something for everybody. So it's not all the common mis- the common perception of Marines is that we're just door kickers, just the gunfighters. We're good at that. Uh, <laughs> that's like our tr- tradition. But we've grown from beyond that, and now we encompass a whole lot more. Whether it be aviation, uh, the trades, let's see working in supply, using right. finance. I didn't. I didn't know that until I became a recruiter and found that there's a whole financial field within the Marine Corps. 
Corps. Right. Just different strokes with different folks. So where were you stationed? First duty station was Okinawa, Japan. Uh, the best duty station, in my opinion. I know. Did you like that? Oh, it was lovely. That was also one of my uh, reasons for joining the military was the ability to see the opportunity, not so much the ability, the opportunity to see uh, more than just the same, the same exits in Philadelphia, the same streets, the same same old, right. same old. I wanted more. I wanted a little more variety in my life to spice things up, so to that's, speak. Yeah, that's And Japan was my first pick, and I got it. And I was like, yes, what's, what's a better way to shake up my life than being in a foreign country? Really? Yes. But uh, it was a good time. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Japanese people are great. Their culture is phenomenal. Uh, very sure, different. The food is delicious. Oh, the sushi is, is on point. Oh, just my. A, and not even just the sushi, just like some of the more local food specific to Okinawa itself, which is, which is great. Oh, yeah. uh, I had a blast. Learned to scuba dive out there. Spent a lot of time in the water on the reefs that are all around because Okinawa is very tropical. Yeah. So exploring different islands around Oki. And then I had a, t- a couple times I went up to mainland Japan itself and uh, got to experience uh, Tokyo. Oh, so wow. you move in New York, just like times that by three, you'll get Tokyo. Oh, that's so wonderful. Now, did you, um, you were there with other Marines. It wasn't just yes. you. Okay. Yes. Okinawa has uh, multiple um, Marine Corps bases on it. And then I believe there's uh, Kadena's Air Force, Air Force. Base and uh, Tory Station is the Army. So they have a presence there as well. Okay. But uh, the bulk of it is uh, the Marines and, and, of course, the Navy, you know, our partners out there. Oh, wow. Okay. See, that's the thing. Like, how do they choose where you go? Are you going there because there's more opportunity to, to learn, to train? Why so, would they pick you? So with duty station selection, it's um, the needs of the Marine Corps, uh, essentially. So they did give us in my schoolhouse the op- options to choose where we wanted to go. I don't know how it is in other schoolhouses. I can't talk talk yeah. on that. Right. Um, but we had the option to pick. And so if there was a position open for us to go based off our choice, we got sent there. And if the need for the Marine Corps was there as okay. well, then we then I believe seven of my class who all picked in Japan got it. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, we all were very fortunate. And, of course, it, it, the other instance is just uh, – you don't get what you pick or the Marine Corps just chooses for you right off the bat coming out of your schoolhouse right. in which case you uh, adapt and overcome you thrive where they place you oh yeah because I'm sure every place you go is going to be an experience oh yeah a little bit different even even here in America my next new station was Virginia I was uh, stationed uh, with the Navy actually at one of their legal centers Norfolk okay. and so I worked alongside the Navy for three years wow without my element being a whole different military culture yeah. the Navy's uh, quite different from the Marine Corps they still have that same naval background but, uh, but very different so it was, it was an interesting adjustment it was more that uh something new that i was getting more of i think of that movie um a few good men oh yes all the time yeah because there's marines <laughs> and navy in there, mm-hmm. right? and that's correct what, uh, tom cruise was he was a lawyer Jack. yeah he's a jack What's Navy, Navy Jag Judge Advocate General. Oh my gosh! The Jag, okay. the Jag, the Jag Corps. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, then what and then was Nicholson it? was the Colonel, Marine Colonel mm-hmm. in Guantanamo. Okay, so yeah, it was, it was like a, you know, I did. I only paid attention to like the storyline, but you don't really see what they're really talking about and how the difference in trying to come together and get this case solved and whatever you know they were doing. But so tell us, what are you doing now? So now I'm uh, on recruiting duty. So I'm here in uh, this area. Area in Pittsburgh, essentially uh, trying to find the the, ne- the future of the Marine Corps. Okay. Um, but um, other than the future of the Marine Corps, also again it goes back to again uh, why people are sitting down in front of us is uh, is assisting them with where they're trying to go in life. If, if it is, I want to serve. I want to be part of something bigger and bigger than myself. And by all means, uh, I think we can definitely uh, provide that provide that for you. Right. But uh, more often than not, folks are uh, coming in for say 
They want to, you know, get certifications in the trades. They want to travel the world. They just don't have the means to do it themselves. And so the military for them is is their way of, of accomplishing it. Right. Or, or say they want to work in aviation, uh, work on aircraft or fly it. They'll, 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 that will bring them to the office. But for Marines specifically, what gets folks uh, to come toward us, there's always that underlying intangible factor that uh, that, uh, that you mentioned, sir. It, it, that really does separate us from the from the other branches. Is like just like the discipline the Marines known for, the, the toughness, the grit, it molds people differently. Uh, right. Folks uh, tend to get scared of, uh, of adversity. They tend to see it as like a bad thing. Right. But my, my go-to phrase is like, how you create a diamond? You got to apply heat and pressure. Yeah. And that's the reason why the Marine Corps is so, goes go so hard on the, the attention to detail, the discipline, you, like how you, how you did so when you got to your job, you just cleaned it up, you know, because right. it matters. It, it's your space. You take ownership of that. Well, I think that's the ethos of the Marine Corps, you know, going back to what you said as far as a lot of young men and women, which is great, the military provides opportunities, uh, trades, skills, mm-hmm. something tangible, and oftentimes, and I saw when I was on recruiting, which kind of surprised me, but I had a, a sergeant, young man came in and said, you know, I, I want to be a, a tanker. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. the, the sergeant said, hey, hey that's great, <laughs> but he said, <laughs> you know, get out of my office. And it was the end of the month, we had a mission say I have 100 and we weren't close to it. Oh. I'm thinking, you just kicked out a kid that wanted to join. He said, no, sir. He said, told the kid, come back when you want to be a Marine. Mm. And I said, right. oh my gosh, why, why, how'd you do, why'd you do that? He that said, trust me. And the reason the Marine Corps does that is for mm-hmm. two reasons. One, because you're a Marine first. Absolutely. Um, you're not a tanker. If you, and it's not a diss on the other services, but if you meet somebody that's in the Navy often to say, I'm part of the, I'm, I was a submarines, or I was a black shoe on ship, or I was a pilot, or 99% of the time when you meet a Marine, you know, I'm a combat engineer, legal, pilot, a Marine will say, I'm a Marine. Then people have to ask, what did you do in the Marines? Right. But if you talk to someone in the Air Force, I was a pilot. I was air traffic control. I was a tanker, you know, whatever it might be. So that's the first thing. The, the second thing, the reason that Marines, especially in recruiting, we do that is as a staff sergeant said, it's needs of the Marine Corps. Right. Or, you know, as we fondly call the Uncle Sam, you know, Uncle Sugar, you know, send you where he needs them. <laughs> yeah. And oftentimes you might have a kid that says, I want to be a pilot, and that's great, but then they go for their physical and they find out they're colorblind, can't do recon, or they oh, can't wow. do something. But you know what? You can be a cook. You can be an admin. And sometimes the kids are like crushed. Oh, man. Well, if I can't be recon, I'm not joining. And then the recruiter, Marines, will push back and say, hey, you said you wanted to be a Marine first. You're still going to be a Marine, and you'll always be a Marine. Right. doesn't matter. Or if a young man or young woman gets hurt, which, you know, in our business, it, it is a dangerous occupation. You know, might have been a recon or a pilot, but then got injured, they can lateral transfer into another job, maybe finance or admin, a desk job. Right, they're not just going to leave you. No, you're going to. But even more importantly, they're still a Marine, and I think that's why the ethos or the pride. There is something special about Marines when you see them, is because whether they're a cook or high-speed recon, a pilot, a tanker, supply. At the end of the day. They're a Marine first. And then the last thing I would say that makes the Marines special in that sense is the camaraderie Mm. across 
it doesn't matter what community you are in the Marine Corps, you, whether yeah. you're tip of the spear, you know, shooting down range, or which is two thirds of the Marine Corps, a lot of people don't realize is supportive. Admin, supply, right. cook, you need logistics. I mean, you you know, two thirds of the Marine Corps is right. support for right. the infantrymen or the person out front. But at the end of the day, when everybody comes together, there's no, I don't say segregation, but nobody is like, oh, he's a pilot or oh, he's just an admin right. guy. We don't care. Everybody's a Marine first. And, I, and that's why you'll see, you know, like when I retire here in six months or even if a Marine just served four years, that's 50 so years ago, there's a an instant brotherhood, sisterhood, camaraderie, and respect, because that's another thing in the Marine Corps, we all go through the initial same training. So we, we don't break off, like especially for officers, we go through officer candidate school, but then we go together for six months in Quantico to what we call the basic school, but that's where every Marine's a rifleman. We all go through the same training six months as lieutenants. Then we go to our schools, Pensacola for aviation, you know, I was engineer went to North Carolina for engineer school. Then you break off for your school. But right. for your six months as an officer, your first six months, everybody's together. Okay. And you learn how to be a Marine first. There's so I no think levels. It, there's no differentiation as far as occupation. There, there's no varsity team, JV team. Right. Everybody like, is a I Marine. Like and so, you know, it, it, though for your listeners as well, you know, t- test what I'm saying. If you meet a veteran, you know, hey, yes. what, what are you, I'm a Marine. You know, and then it's what did you do? But if you talk to someone in the Air Force or Navy, oh hey, I was I was Navy nuke, or I was Navy, you know, JAG. Like right. they differentiate by their specialty, not by hey, I was a sailor. And you very rarely will hear someone say, oh, I was a sailor. It's right. oh, I was I was on submarines or I was a pilot. Yeah. You hear that? Marines, I, it's Marine. My brother says I was in the Navy, and you know, I think he was a radio. I don't know what they're called, radio. Person. There's so many. There's like even more jobs in the Navy. Okay, never mind with that. But let me ask you both: Did you have to go through some type of boot camp? Yes. Okay. So on the list side, uh, we we have two uh, recruit depots. It's uh, <laughs> uh, we have uh, Paris Island over in South Carolina, and then there's uh, the one in San Diego right next to the airport. So if you're east of the Mississippi, you're going to Paris Island, and then if you're on the other side, you're going to San Diego. If you're in Louisiana, you can choose. Oh, oh yeah. Actually, in Louisiana, because Mississippi go right there. Ah. You know, mm-hmm. Louisiana, they do allow you to kind of go either or. No, it's kind of funny. People feel like, I'm on Paris Island. <laughs> like, we jokingly, you know, Paris Island, like, they jokingly say, oh, the real Marines there, and then they call San Diego, the Hollywood Marines. West Coast, West Coast, West Coast. But what's interesting about San Diego for your listeners as well, if you ever fly into San Diego, you look over to your right as you come in, mm-hmm. the Marine Corps Recruit Depot is right there. You can see Opal So oftentimes people will be like, oh, Paris Island, they're out in the woods, the, the heat of South Carolina, it's got to be brutal. Mm-hmm. But think about the mental and psychological, like he's hearing those planes flying in, people coming in for vacation, going to the beach, you know, it's beautiful, it's sunny, and you're at, you know, boot camp, yeah. right next to the airport, like, every day here in those planes are blinded. the weather, the weather's different in Yeah, very much. Very. So you're, you know, where did you end up going? So I went to Paris Island. Okay. So, yeah, Carolina. South Carolina, right. Uh, so very, very, so I went in the winter, I got lucky, I would say, because uh, in the summer, it's hot. Yes. It's, it's hot and it's humid, and those sand fleas are out there in force. Yes. Uh, yeah, and the sand fleas, there's like these little bugs that 
they get everywhere and they bite really, really bad. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> and then for officers, all the officers, Marine Corps officers go to Quantico, Virginia. So okay. that's where our boot camp is. And, I mean, was it the same type of boot camp for both of you, or was it a little bit different? Well, theirs is 13 weeks. 13. You know, ours, depending on program, like Neighbor OTC was six weeks, but it can be as much as 10 weeks. Okay. Uh, like, if you get a college degree and then say, I want to become an officer, you go to officer candidate school, uh, 10-week program. Right. Uh, they have, uh, I'd say similar, certainly, in the training. I'd, I'd say the officer side, which made it more challenging. A lot of people had a... Uh, issue or the, the challenge for them was you weren't just being told what to do you'd be told you know woken up at four in the morning and say okay uh you know Canada Kokosinski uh, you're in charge of the platoon have them formed and ready at 5 a.m oh and you know we often say the hardest thing to do is, is, in leadership is leading your peers mm-hmm. so you got a bunch of other lieutenants or you know candidates that are juniors in college that you've got a in and being a follower is just as important as being a leader. Like before you can be a good leader, you got to be a good follower. So they do that on purpose. And there would be some that wouldn't play the game, but karma would come around. And two weeks later, all of a sudden, it's mm-hmm. Candidate Jones. <laughs> you're in charge. And people, you know, remember, hey, oh, yeah. you were very helpful with. So for the most part, I must say, because three years of ROTC before going to boot camp, you kind of screen. Like we started at Tulane with 142 my freshman year. Right. We only commissioned 70. Now, part of that, I think, was because we were in New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, so that probably helped screen a lot of people. But after three years, and then by that age, you're, you're 20, 21 years old, the maturity factor. Right. So for the most part, uh, it was more just training. But I'd say the aspect at Quantico for the officer school, it was a different mindset that you'd be in charge. Instead of just being yelled at and told what to do, which for the most part, I would say is easy. Mm-hmm. But it, once you get your head around getting yelled at and following the steps it's like okay I can do this I can get through Paris Island you know certainly physical and everything but it was another added twist at Quantico for the officers you know you get woken up and say hey you're in charge get them to the rifle range in 30 minutes oh my gosh (laughs) oh gosh but uh, what about the I always think of the exercise like you gotta run you gotta do this you gotta do that I mean what was the Kind of like it was the, great. The, 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 oh, yeah, the so it was such a good time. Yeah, the physical part. I, oh, a lot of running, Marines are runners, um, and then mostly calisthenics. Uh, if you were if you were lucky, uh, your your drill instructor is bringing some weights, and so you could you could you know, move some iron inside your squad bay. I noticed in, in re- more recent years, a lot of um, the newer squad bays have like their own gyms and such. So there's an opportunity to, to lift. Okay. Uh, we also have the pool. So swimming is a big is a big deal. You got to be basically swim qualified. If you don't know how to swim, they'll teach you when you get there. And then some more specialized stuff. I mentioned the rappel tower earlier. So conquering your fears and also like learning how to come up and down. Oh my gosh, how high? It's pretty tall. <laughs> 30, 40 feet? Is it? No, it's way bigger than that. I'm thinking of the uh, swim tower jumping off. I think that was 30 oh my feet God. or something like that jumping yeah, off. That sounds about right. Going there. You know, a lot of pull ups, a lot of running. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think, oh, I got to, you know, be a Marine. I got to be benching 300 and no. squatting all that. Right. Actually, those Marines, future Marines, had a challenge because you got to carry all that muscle. Exactly. So it's a balance of being strong, but also being able to yes. run three miles, right. and then you're a lot of hiking uh, with 50-pound packs. So you might do 10, 15, 20-mile, we call them humps, mm-hmm. but 
you're averaging about three miles an hour and you just go. And if it's in the summertime, you know, you've got to make sure you're hydrating because Marines would cramp. But it was a lot of fun. You do obstacle courses. And you're doing it together. So there's no, like, somebody's getting special treatment. You're all in the same boat. you got to do what you got to do, and you got to encourage each other. I'm sure there was so much camaraderie with you guys. Like, come on, you can do it. Oh, yes. I mean, it starts off rough like anything else where a bunch of strangers come together, and then it's it's really interesting to watch everything transform over time. Uh, You start ironing out the wrinkles. The personalities start uh, coming together, especially in the sense that you start thinking like Marines. Uh, that's a big aspect of boot camps. Gets you thinking like how we think. Yes. Uh, on top of the, the the conditioning of your body as well. So like seeing seeing like everyone start like jiving together, understanding that the big thing is it's not about you. Correct. It's all about the platoon. It's all about your team. It's like you start if you start being selfish, then then it falls apart. Right. So at some point. Everyone figures it out. You know, some, some take a little longer yeah, than others because they're more headstrong. It's true, yeah. But ultimately, the biggest takeaway is, especially that camaraderie aspect, is like understanding that it's you're a vital piece of a chain, and right. you don't want your your link to, to be the weak one. Yeah, you don't want to be the weak one. And, yeah. and I think it, it's it's an awesome process to watch oh, because yeah. it's humbling for many. You might have been star quarterback or great track star, but now you're in the pool with a pack, or you're hiking, you know, mm-hmm. fifty pounds on your pack. And it's a it's a neutralizer, and and to see you know you might have been a big fish, small pond, you know in high school, to get there, and now you realize it's a big pond. There's kids from all over, yeah. you know it's wonderful, and you come together, gel, mm-hmm. and then you start seeing them sink, and then your strengths help out the others, and then right. your weaknesses are picked up by the strengths of others within your platoon, exactly. and together, you know it's a little cliche, but you know collectively you're greater than individually. And it's right. really neat to see. Oh, yeah. you. I mean, um, you guys rely on each other. Very much. And then it's even more awesome when you're out like in the fleet. sisterhood. With, you know, when you're out in the fleet on ship or you're deployed and you use those skills in action, that's, I think, even more impressive. No, you know, no. when you deploy yeah. and parents or your family are concerned, you know, my saying was always, well, I'm glad I'm a Marine because I feel I'm the most prepared right. uh, for this job. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody necessarily wants to go right. and do, I forget what the saying is, but, you know, the, the dirty work or the rough work, right. you know, but unfortunately, evil does exist. Yes. Um, and I'm, I, you know, for myself, I can speak for myself only, but, you know, I'm very happy I'm a Marine because I felt the training, although, and it is hard. It is hard training, but in the end, I think uh, I was able to come back home, you know, because of that training. Right. So a lot of people try and take the easy route, like, ah, the Marines, that's really tough. I don't want to do that. I want to go this way. Okay. Um, But that might... You know, catch you down the road. Yeah, what's, what's the old saying? Uh, sweat now, so you bleed a little bit less later. <laughs> that, well, true. You know, it's, you're meant to be cha- challenge yourself in the beginning, so that way, when it comes time to perform, you just perform. So, have either of you been deployed? Yes. Oh yeah, he's been deployed. I have not. Okay. So yeah, so we don't we don't have to get into that, but we just know that you know. Thank you for your service, both of you, and you know. Our pleasure. Just, yeah, it's so. unbelievable what you guys do. But I, you know, I always think of the Marines; they're on the ground. So when you were saying about running and stuff like that, that's how you know that's my mentality. That's what I think. The Marines are on the ground. The Navy is on the ship. The Air Force is in the planes. That's how I was always like taught. Like, but you really don't know what goes into it. And listening to both of you, it's I'm getting. So 
such like, wow, I can't believe the things that you do and the things that, the opportunities. So if someone was to want to join the Marines, do they have to be a certain age? So 17 to 28 is, uh, I'll say 27. 17 to 27 is uh, the age range uh, that is ideal. With okay. But you need parent permission at 17. Think, of course. You know, 18 and older. But so they'll take them right out of high school. Correct. Oh, no. They while they're in Their senior year in high school. Oh, yeah. So they don't even have to They don't have to go necessarily to college, right? Correct. Okay. So, oh, yeah. So if they're 17 years old, they're like toward the, the end of their junior year, so roughly around April, May time frame, they can actually come to us. And uh, with their parents' blessing, they can enlist right then and there. Oh, wow. And then they'll essentially enter what's called the delayed entry program. Uh, and it's where they work with us the recruiters, uh, we get them physically, mentally, and mentally prepared. Essentially, just giving them like an orientation, year-long orientation, right. uh, and preparation course throughout their entire senior year in the summer. So that way, when it does come come time for boot camp during their summer, uh, they're as prepared for it as possible. Yeah, it's like a redshirt year, or almost like I was saying with the the academies, yes. it's like a prep school for a year, which is wonderful because they get a year under their belt. Then when they graduate high school, they go to boot camp. They already have a year under their belt. And then they continue on. Oh, so they go back. So to it's a wonderful. They finish their senior year. You, mm-hmm. you, for the most part, you need a high school diploma to grad to okay. join the Marines. Right. There are some exceptions, GED, some community college, but you need to be a high school graduate. Okay. Um, which here in Peters Township, you know, South Hills in general, the percentage is very high. Unfortunately, nationally, uh, you know, there's some schools that are less than 50 percent high school graduation, right. and oftentimes those are the communities that opportunities that the military presents would serve them very well and they're not qualified. Going back to my point earlier that 70% of Americans, 17 to 24, are not qualified because they didn't graduate high school. So there's kind of things that you, if you haven't done or if you're doing, you will not be accepted. Graduating high school, you can control that. Physical sometimes, you know, medical can be tough. You know, injuries or, you know, heart issues, you know, yeah, Obviously, they don't even know they have it. But may not even. So that's nice going to MEPS, the medical processing in downtown Pittsburgh. You know, they get a free physical, really, which is wonderful. But sadly, we do find some kids that you know, might have a heart murmur or might have an issue. But at least they know, but they're not qualified to join. But sadly, also, Jennifer, a lot of them are not qualified by poor personal choices, right. drugs, police records, um, stuff that they can control. You know, medical you can't necessarily control. But that hinders a lot of young men and women today, especially with the Marines, being able to join with those poor choices. Uh, that really hinders. And then also physical, not being able to do two, three pull-ups or you know run a mile and a half or do sit-ups. Okay. And, and we can work with them to do that. Right. You know, that's not a long-term disqualifier. You know, short-term you may not be able to enlist right away. Right. And that's why, you know, we will work with them. Because that's something you can improve. Right. Part exactly. murmur, you can't yeah. necessarily fix that, right. you know, in the Marines. But, you know, the the choices, and, and that's why, you know, certainly I tell my kids, but anybody listening out there, you know, maybe you're not thinking about the Marine Corps today, but you never know, two, three, you know, you heard Staff Sergeant's journey. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm How thinking, old were you again? I was 22. Oh, you were 22. 22, but he had that option. 
he kept that option, you know, continued to make good choices, and then said, hey, you know, I, this is something I'd like to do. And that door, that opportunity was available to them. It, nothing more heartbreaking. And staff started to seize it, you know, certainly monthly. A kid wants to join. You're like, oh, this is wonderful. And then finds out, you know, drugs oh. or has a police record, or, you know, felonies. Or a tattoo on their, their hand. Tattoos on the hands, the neck, or the head. Wait a minute. You mean, so can you have tattoos on your body? You can have you tattoos can. on your body joining, uh, but if they go past there, like your, your little wrist bone right here, that little nub that everyone has, if it goes past that, you're technically disqualified. And, and the reason for that, so people, you know, because, you know, they are more pervasive, yeah. and, and it's, but you got to remember the Marine Corps, Marines guard every embassy across the world. Mm-hmm. So in the United States, you know, our perspective is there's nothing wrong with tattoos. You know, right. it's fine. You know, it's body art. It's you know, it, it's fine. However, there are other countries and cultures that a Marine can't be standing in the Middle East at an embassy representing the United States because that's defacing the body. It's it's offensive to other religious culture representative. You know, you got a tattoo on your neck, tattoo on your face. Well, that's, you know, that's the beauty of the Marine Corps is you really start opening up your perspective yes. to it's much bigger than Pittsburgh the United States it's a whole world so you and I and staff sergeant say tattoos not why no big deal no big deal but it limits what you can do as well as the perception of countries you might be in mm-hmm. where wow. defacing your body is a sin in that religion or is seen as being disrespectful I get that I to understand them. that you so a Marine couldn't stand embassy duty in some countries. Right. And it just, you know, you're not going to go at the White House and stand there opening the door for the president if you've got a tattoo on your neck or on your ear yeah. type thing. It's just more the, the perspective. But they have loosened up a lot. Yes. Um, yes. You know, sleeves. Sleeves are allowed now. Sleeves are allowed, really? which is very common. You see that. Oh, yeah. You know, you can have sleeves. You know, the shoulder, the old Popeye or right. USMC tattoo is still very common. You see that. But, yeah, that, that is limiting. Yeah, your legs and stuff. You can get stuff. What about piercings? You can have piercings. I would say the biggest one that I should be aware of is just the gauges. Gauges over a, of a, of a certain, what do you call it, diameter. Spread in your ear. Right. Yes. They, they open that up. Yeah, so that's, like, that's the one that can uh, that can cause trouble for you. But uh, for the most part, uh, piercings, just uh, so long as you take it out before you go to boot camp, then it's, uh, it's, it's no issue. Okay. I understand that. So, I mean, I really learned a lot from both of you today. And I really think what you're doing and what you – because like you said – you're a Marine for the rest of your life. You are constantly... Now, do you wear your your suits? I mean, I'm looking at these guys, and they've got... <laughs> I don't even know what the... All those well, chest candy, sir. <laughs> but I'm like, wow. Well, tw- 28 years will do that. Yeah. Right. Keep, you, keep it busy. Yeah, but yours looks good, too. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm going to catch up. It's only, years. What, 10 years? <laughs> 10 years. Yeah, it's only 10 years. 10 years there. So, but, I mean, I just... I want, Everybody... This is my mindset. I talked to a military mom months ago on a podcast, and... Do you like when people come up to you and say thank you for your service? Absolutely. It yes. doesn't get on, you know, like bother you or anything? Not at all. And my, my response is always, it's my pleasure. You know, it's it's still a volunteer force. No one forced me to, to join. You know, I joined because I wanted to serve, and it's my pleasure. And it's refreshing when you do have people come up. You know, no different than if I see a policeman or a fireman. Right. You know, I'm at the store or in line or whatever. Like, hey, thank you. And I, I know, think it's, it's a common so courtesy, and, and it's genuine. I think we need to do that more. 
because I not that I kind of felt like intimidated when I first saw you. No, I'm like, I don't, don't want to bother them. No. I don't want to approach them. We don't know. bite. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's just me or what, but I do. I thank you both for your service. I mean, what you're doing. And if you're out there, you know, men, women, if you want to get into this and you really want to be a part of the military, the Marines, or wherever you want to go, tell us again, guys, where would they, is there a number they can call, like a, or do they have to find you? No, no, no. What, you certainly go, good old Google, you know, Marine sites, 1-800-MARINES, mm-hmm. and then local recruiters. Uh, you'll see staff sergeant, but you'll see us out there with the uh, blue trousers, red stripe on the side, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. and then khaki shirts. You know, those are recruiters. We're here down in Washington County. Yep. Uh, you're over at Cassidy Village. Yeah, the shops at Cassidy Village. Uh, that's where my office is located. Office. Okay. The other one in Robinson. We, we don't necessarily want the recruiters in their office. We want them out and about in the community. So mm-hmm. you'll see them. You know, we really encourage them to go to uh, sporting events because uh, they're not here. They're not. They're not salesmen. Right. You know, they really are part of the community for the three years that they are here. And hopefully, it came across and staffs aren't touched on it. But you know, really want the best for the young men and women in the community. So if the Marine Corps is not a fit, which happens, and that's okay, we certainly right. don't want someone to join the Marines that doesn't want to be in the Marines. Because there will be days where if you don't want to be a Marine, it'll be a tough day. So we want you to want to join. But we will help you, you know, maybe the Air Force, maybe the National Guard, which we've got, you know, very fortunate we have the Army and Air Air National Guard here in Pittsburgh. They do a wonderful service as well. You know, I had my my son take the uh, the ASVAB. That's a a nice just intro. It's a aptitude test that we offer at the high schools. It's free. But what I liked about it, you know, I encourage my son to join the Marines. He's not right now, but uh, that option is always there. But what's nice about the ASVAB is it helps you as a parent and even the young man or woman to see areas of, of interest in your strengths. So right. um, my, my son's very logical, but isn't very mechanical. And the ASVAB proved that out as like, he, he, <laughs> like we laughed, but he did score that well on like the gears rotating left and right. And he did score well on that part. So he's probably not going to be a mechanic, but he scored well on the logic yes, and, you know, your strengths. And, and the ASVAB can help you. So use that tool. It's right. free. And then that, and then what's nice about that is that ASVAB will map. Where is that? And the high school. So the high school so they have them there. offers them at the high school. Uh, Every high that. school? For, for the most part, yes. Okay. So, I hope so. Some schools don't, but you can also do it, you know, the recruiter can coordinate. You could take it uh, with us as well. But the high schools do it. And it, what's nice about it is that it also helps map to the potential jobs in the military that you'd be qualified for. So even if, you know, you're not even thinking about the military, but you're not sure college, what I want to study or trades or law enforcement, whatever it might be, the ASVAP is a tool. I mean, we're, we're, we're civil servants, public service as well. We want the best for all Americans. So whether you join the military or not, I, I would really encourage your listeners, try the ASVAP. If you got young, if you got young children, you know, in high schools, sophomore, junior, not really sure, here's another data point, and it automatically kind of maps to 
professions that might be of interest. I think we do. Uh, and there's no commitment. You know, it's not like you take it and then the recruiter's going to be calling you every right. day and night. You know, you might get a call once as a courtesy and say, hey, not interested right now. Okay. And then they take you off the list. But, you know, for my son, it was validation. It was good. Also, you know, got him in the system there to try <laughs> and think about the military. But right. that would be something that is a tool that anybody can do without going to see a recruiter. You can do that at the high school, and I it's like nice. That. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I know you some clarity. Yeah, right, because you want to know what you want to do. I mean, in high school, it's really hard to figure that out. Very, you know? very hard. But I look at you both, and I think, you you know, just the way you sit, your posture, and how clean and neat you are, and your shirts are so, like, you should see these lines in those shirts for ironing. <laughs> Who is ironing these? Well, likely not. I was going to say dry cleaner now, but when you're at boot camp, you put these lines in. And Shout out iron. to cap cleaners. <laughs> yes, I'm telling you, it's just, you guys look so great. My brother, I remember my brother used to fold his clothes in this kind of, I didn't know how he did that, to pack your clothes. You got, Do you guys have to fold everything real tight? And Actually, really roll them. I roll mine, right. roll them, because we had sea bags for ship. Oh, it's okay. like you bring so a suitcase off to a ship when you're going on a cruise. <laughs> we had a sea bag, so you would just roll. You okay. would roll them and get them nice and tight. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a little and trick. Stuff they better be, you know, ironed and pressed <laughs> when you put them on. You know, but the military, regardless of service, I tell you, you know, I, I mentioned it earlier, but when I got hired on at IBM, you know, I really think they hired me because I was in the military, I was a Marine. Right. And I've noticed, you know, throughout my career on the civilian side, you know, that foundation at the Marine Corps, whether you do four years or 28 years, right. you know, serves you the rest of your life. And it is something, you know, you meet another Marine, you know, it's almost like a fraternity. Or yes, you meet someone, or, or if you're in Florida and you see someone, from, you know, wearing a Steelers shirt or like is wearing a yes. Pittsburgh shirt. Hey, you know, go Steelers. There's right. that instant connection. And I think more so with Marines because we understand the background that the person, you know, it's a person of character or, you know, there's certain values that, you know, not 100% of the time there, there's knuckleheads in the Marine Corps too. Oh, you know, any organization. But for the most part, you know, there's there's an understanding. And, and I think that's something, and I think you appreciate that as you get older. I mean, I appreciate it when you're 18 or 22, but that is something the rest of your life that, you know, and less than 7% of Americans ever served. You know, less less than 1% right now are currently serving, Mm -hmm. but total veterans, that's why Veterans Day is such a special day. A lot of people think, oh, you know, everybody's in the military, and it's less than 7% of the population is a veteran, has ever served, which is incredible, especially for a volunteer force and for thinking what the United States does across the world. Right. You know, we're in every embassy, you know, we're in many countries, even today, we're still in a lot of countries, you know, and the military is relatively small uh, to do all that. But so I would certainly encourage the listeners to look at the military. Right. It's an option. Exactly. Um, It's an option that even if you just do four years, it's something that will differentiate you. Because I think nowadays college is almost like 13th grade. Yeah. All right, you got a college degree. Where I'd say 20, 30 years ago, college degree was a huge differentiator. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. not everybody But I would even say exactly. the trades. If you're going trades, you know, I've talked to some contractors locally and go, oh, I would hire a veteran immediately because of the intangibles. Right. I mean, obviously, you have to have a skill. you got to bring a skill, which you could learn in the military. But the intangibles today, which is kind of surprising, you know, just showing up mm-hmm. to work on time That's or early, being prepared, like those things now are hard to 
fine, mm-hmm. the military will give that to you. And, and thankfully, a lot of employers out there are looking for veterans. Right. You know, I think 20, 30 years ago it was a little bit more difficult. Today, you know, companies are looking to hire veterans, which is wonderful. I mean, it's thank you so much both for your time today. I really learned yeah, a yeah, lot. Absolutely. And both of your journeys are different, but when it all comes down to it, the brotherhood and sisterhood of the Marines is you can see it in this room. You can feel it in this room that you've got each other's back. Yes. <laughs> oh, you guys are so sweet. Thank you so much because I've been well, like wanting to do um, military because I really think that it's important to talk about. It's important to be aware of what it's about yes. because everybody has that stigma. Correct. Oh, no, I don't want to do that because it's too hard. It's this and that. But you guys brought light to it to let us know that, you know what, you have a future forever. You'll always be a Marine. Thank you so much for your time. Thank if there's you any last things you would like to say to the listeners? Yeah, I'll just touch on this. I'll say be curious. Uh, you don't know what you don't know. Absolutely. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would just add, you know, the opportunities. Go and see. There's, there's no... There's a lot. Uh, you know, you talk to a recruiter doesn't mean that you're, you're shipping out tomorrow. You know, explore. And the reserves are a wonderful opportunity to have a civilian career, family, and still you know, have a military career, or at least, you know, four years. So, you know, explore your options, as the staff sergeant said. Be, you know, be curious. Look, it's always good to have options. doesn't hurt to try. Mm-hmm. You never and, know. And, and see. Right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for being on Spill with me, Jenny. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me with Spill with me, Jenny D. You can be anonymous, planning on having guest speakers, or anyone who wants to share their life experiences on the topic we covered that week. I'm going to post all that on my Facebook and website, so you will see what I'll be talking about that week. So give me a call. I can pre-record and put you on my, my episode that day. I stress this. I personally feel... To heal yourself is to talk about it. And if we can help each other instead of keeping it bottled up and just release it, I think that it's going to help all of us. And let's have a lot of fun. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Oh, I'm so excited. This is still with me, Jenny D.